You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the APC podcast, your source for usually tolerable Green Bay Packers talk. I am Zach Rapport. <clears throat> trying not to cough into the microphone, and I am joined today by uh, none other than Ben Foldy. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm all right. A little tired. You didn't. Uh, you haven't succumbed to the coronavirus like I like I I did. You you're holding up okay. I have not succumbed to COVID nineteen as it is now being referred to by the World Health Organization. Right, because coronavirus is like a a class of virus, right? It's like a kind of yeah. The 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 CO in in COVID nineteen stands for coronavirus. Mm. That's uh, we're already off to a, a great start here. I should I should take that back. I didn't have the coronavirus. I did have some kind of flu like thing. So we didn't do a show last week because I was in bed, like literally in bed the whole week. I'm someone who like gets a lot of colds, and uh, I can usually just power through and it's fine. But like every couple years, you just get your butt kicked and you're just in bed for a week, and that's what that's what that was. So hopefully, I won't cough too much in the microphone and make uh, editing too hard on myself and uh we're we're without alex today he is uh luxuriating in i think west palm beach for his 30th birthday oh yeah so i think that's this weekend so we we wish alex patakis a, a happy birthday as he's got his feet up right now on the beach um although hopefully he's not listening to this until later yeah, anyway, ahead on today's show, uh, we are going to uh, take one final look back, I think, on the 2019 season with our position group grades. Uh, last time we did the GM and the coaching staff, uh, the overall grade there was a B, by the way, uh, for those keeping track at home for the GM and the coaching staff. And uh, today we will focus on the players themselves. Uh, oh, and uh, before we want to get to some some news items as well, but before I wanted to like apologize slash clarify to people because I got a lot of questions about this. I meant to warn you guys uh, during the last time, uh, Ben, that you and I got together and did a podcast that there was going to be possibly some uh, random audio in the feed. In this case, it was our, our buddy, RJ Ochoa, who was at Radio Row for the Super Bowl doing some interviews and, and SB Nation kind of just said, oh, if anything is relevant to a particular team, we're going to put it in that feed. So they talked about Mike McCarthy. That was in the feed. I thought it was a uh, an interesting bit of audio, but it did catch a lot of people off guard. So <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that from time to time, SB Nation will, uh, will do that. And uh, it's my job to let you guys know that that's coming. So sorry about that. <laughs> um, but anyway, before we get to the uh, grades, let's hit on a few headlines coming uh, from Titletown. First up is the news that Matt LaFleur has parted ways with his wide receiver coach, Alvis uh, Witted, I think is how you say <laughs> that last name, but uh, now I'll never have to know. Um, after just one season, 
he is out. And uh, let's face it, Ben, the production from the wide receivers in 2019 was uh, just not where they needed it to be. And perhaps, Ben, Matt LaFleur has been listening to our show and your newly stated position of, uh, you know, if you're an underperforming coach, your job should always be on the line. Do you do you find the shakeup after one season troubling or encouraging or do you have a take? No, what, no I mean... I don't understand what, what, I mean, it's not like he had a long NFL record that to point to and look at and say, Oh, great coach. You know, I don't think he doesn't need to be drummed out of the league or anything, but I don't, I didn't see anything last season that made me think, uh, that, you know, there was anything worth losing sleep over if you let him go. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> to touch again on on the opinion that that you made public on our last episode, much like uh, players, often uh, it seems like teams are very quick to be like, "Oh, we can improve there," so this guy's out of there. It seems like teams are more reticent to do that with coaches, but you think they should be more willing to. If you think you can upgrade at a coaching position, you should probably try and do that. I mean, obviously, you don't want to have like the kind of players not knowing if their coach is going to be there at the end of the season, yada yada yada, you know. But I think. At the same time, you want to demonstrate to players that people are being held accountable. Yeah, be they coaches or players. Yep. And I I think the best way to do that is to hold people accountable. <laughs> it's a novel concept. Um, all right. Lastly, in the news, uh, before we get onto our position group grades, Dom Capers is back. Dot 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 in the NFC North. Um, the Vikings have hired Capers as uh, some kind of advisory assistant type guy. I don't know. Ben, what are the, what are the Vikings thinking? What's going on? I don't totally know. Um, I mean, Oh, Don Keeper's actually, he's actually not as old as I thought he was. Really? I'm going to guess, uh, 77. How old is he? Yeah. 69. Whoa. Sorry, yeah. Dom. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't look young. Uh-huh. I just always round up because I know that he wears a toupee. So I'm like, how bald is he under there? He's got to be like 85. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't totally. So what's? So he's like a defensive advisor, I guess. Seems like a gravy train. I got no idea. He's just gonna sit up there and give the occasional opinion. I, I got. Oh, I, I, I guess nothing. I didn't realize that he did that in Jacksonville last season. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which that felt okay. Like whenever anybody goes and accepts a role like that in Jacksonville, I'm like, okay, you're basically retired. That's fine. Yeah, there's you're a kind person, of quasi retirement vibe. I mean, yeah. or or if you're um, if you're uh, Tom Coughlin, you know, like you're just really old. Yeah. Right. I I I'm confused on both sides. For Dom personally, you were in Florida. You know, you're what are you seventy? How old is he? Seventy what? 69. You're 69 and you're going to you're going to uproot your Florida situation and you're going to go to where it's negative 10 degrees. All oh, I spent uh, two winters in Minneapolis, the worst two winters of my life. Great people, beautiful summers that last 20 minutes, terrible winter. Um so I don't understand it from Dom Capers perspective, but then also from the team, I don't what do, what do you think you're getting? What do you um, I mean, I guess I, uh, you know, maybe I hate you too much. I don't know. You know, they say they say they want him as an ideas guy <laughs> yeah, he's got ideas you know i mean i think the knock on capers was always that his scheme was too complicated yada 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 but i mean if you're you know if you're paying him however much to to look at you know wrinkles to to fold into a playbook i could see that being a good move um 
rather than, you know, getting bogged down in the nitty gritty of running what, you know, has been a pretty uh, solid defense for a number of years now. Yeah. Oh, wrinkles. Love a good buzzword. All right. Well, <laughs> I think uh, I think that'll do it for our news roundup. Let's move into our position group grades. So two weeks ago, if you guys haven't listened to that episode uh, yet, cue that one up as well. We gave our grades, our letter grades for the GM and the coaching staff. And uh, we tried to do like a weighting system. I'm not sure we're going to get that complicated here. But uh, GMs and coaches all together, we gave them a B. Um, you and I talked after that grade kind of came out of the Computron 5000, Ben, and, and we agreed that it's it felt pretty reflective of of the result. So um, I'm curious, genuinely curious to see what we come up with here. Uh, you and I are grades averaging out, and then uh, for the whole the the whole sort of suite of position groups, what the average average grade is. Um, I have a hunch it should be similar theoretically, but uh, we shall see, and we will start with the quarterback, the most uh, most important position group. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. He touches the ball on every play. Uh, he oversaw a lot of winning. Uh, he never turns the ball over. I think he was uh, a solid, above-average performer much of the time this year. A bunch of wow throws, but not a lot of full wow games, really, if any. I don't know. I, I think I'm going to go B here. Am, am I too generous? I think you're being too generous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not not because like I just think Aaron Rodgers should be graded against. You know, it's like when a teacher is really annoying when you're like a smart kid and like I just know what you're capable of, and you like look at somebody, some idiot. <laughs> well, that's kid the thing. Got, I'm trying not to grade Rodgers against no, past yeah, but you Rodgers. Can't. Yeah, but you can't. You can't do that. I mean, you know. Okay. If you know if you know that what Rodgers is capable of is a, you know, say an A or A plus, then you have to hold him against that. And in reality, uh But do we know he's capable of that anymore? I feel like that's uh there's some discussion. He's capable of not fucking up easy throws. Fair. He's capable of Fair not point. holding the ball too long and like running into sacks for no reason. He's he's, you know, he is capable of all of these things. Um at least I hope he still is. Yeah. So, not gonna. Yeah, knock I, I, I mean, I go. I, I, you know, you can flip a coin between B minus or C plus. Um, in my humble opinion, because even in the, a lot of the games that they won, he, you know, game managed, but it's not like he was lighting, setting the world on fire. Yeah. All right, that's fair. I'm gonna just for the sake of making the mental math easy, I'm gonna say a game a C plus. So that's our average grades a B minus. Um, and I think that's fair. Um, let's move on to the running back then. Um, I'm, I'm going to combine running back and fullback, uh, just for the sake of, uh, brevity. And we didn't, we didn't actually see too much, um, fullback. I'm going to go a, I think we finally saw the emergence of Aaron Jones. And the, I think that it, the crazy thing is that you could actually see him performing even better once, more new LaFleur concepts sort of get folded in. I think Jamal Williams also had a really solid year, um, aside from the injury near the end of the year. Uh, in terms of what you really want out of like a modern backfield, you, I kind of think you can't ask for much more than that. So it's an A for me. I don't know. Ben, we established uh, last time that you are a uh, you were a, a tough TA, a harder grader than I am. I'm, I'm going A. Am I too generous again? No. 
it's an A. We're in agreement there. All right. Wait, did I did I end up going B minus or C plus on uh, Rogers? We're calling it C plus. <laughs> okay. It'll it'll be better. It'll all average out in the end anyway. Yeah. So, uh, are you okay with me combining sort of a running back and fullback? There, I feel like we don't. It's like, what are we gonna like? Yeah, I mean, look, break down reality, Danny Vitale's. Yeah. <laughs> every snap. I don't think so. I mean, you can even you can even count a number of uh, Sternberger snaps there. That's true. In the H back. Hey, and Swervin Irvin. Yep. Definitely an A, a. in my book. All right. Well, not such a rosy picture um, as we move on to the wide receivers. And again, to review quarterback, we're going our composite grade, B minus running backs, we're going A, wide receiver. Uh, ben, you swayed me on my special teams coordinator grade uh, a couple weeks ago with one simple question, and that was, do you really want that guy back next year? Um, and the answer was no, and so I switched it from, I think it was a D to an F. Um, and when I applied that same logic to the wide receivers, other than Adams, I think the answer is no. And I want to clarify that I really like Alan Lazard, but if the question is, uh, do you want Alan Lazard as your number two next year? That's an easy no. You know, I want him as a number three, maybe, or a four. I'd be thrilled with that. But Geronimo, MVS, Kumro, I think I'm out on all of them. And I mean, EQ gets a mulligan, but I just think that this group needs to be totally revamped. So it's an F. For me, I'm failing the wide receivers, and I think that that is further supported by the fact that the wide receivers coach was fired, as we as we touched on earlier. I'm probably a bigger Lazard stand than most, so I can't bring myself to give an F. Um, I will go with a... I mean, Geronimo was really pretty bad this season. He was, I mean, uh, he was really bad. He was like among the worst in the league for the amount of snaps that he got. Who else is out there? Uh, Lazard. Uh, Kumaro, MVS. MVS was barely. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'll go with a D. Yeah, it was bad. I, I honestly, like, I think Lazard's, Lazard's, I'll go C minus. Like, I'm not, I'm not high on Lazard. And I'm grading them, not the, not the coaches, so. What do we call it? F to C minus. What do we call in that, uh, that composite curve? <laughs> Right, I oh, I thought we could. I thought we. I thought we averaged both of them. I thought like there was a okay. Um, yeah, that's a D. That's a D. All right, that's fair. I'm just trying to keep it as simple as possible. Math is not my yeah, strongest yeah. subject. <laughs> All right, you're a little bit more generous than me there. Um, I just became so disillusioned down the stretch with the with the wide receiver uh, position again. I I don't want this to come back to haunt me because I I do really like. Uh, Alan Lazard as um, again as a three or a four I would be like thrilled to have him on the team uh, in that capacity but let's move on to the but wait 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 at this time last season would you have said you wanted MVS as a two this time last season uh hmm no I don't think so I feel like people were like, oh, MVS is a totally good deep threat, like number two wide receiver. He'll get better, you know, nowhere to go but up. And, you know, then you have EQ behind him, good three, yada, yada. Like, I don't, I don't, I I'll think allow that are... point. I think that I was more of the mind of someone like MVS and EQ. Like, I kind of thought of them together and like one of these two will work out as the number two. One of them missed mm -hmm. the whole season. The other one obviously did not work out. So, um, so, but I, I take your point. 
All right, let's move on to the uh, the tight end position group. And if I could sigh as a grade, I would. <laughs> I think that the future of the position is bright. But I don't know, man, the Jimmy Graham factor, it's just like how much they insisted on keeping him in and um, and going to him. I'm going D. It's like not quite a failure, but it was so frustrating to watch. Ben, I got to think you agree with me there. That Jimmy Graham was really annoying? Yeah, I mean, he was annoying. It was both, he was annoying to watch um, because he so rarely made the plays that he gets paid to make, but also it was annoying to watch the team continue to like lean on him and feed him the ball and try to get him in, and just force the issue because, uh, you know, I don't know, because they see it in practice or because he's got a big paycheck or, I don't know, I, I was frustrated. Yep, I, uh, I'm in complete agreement. The Jimmy Graham experiment was shitty. Especially yeah. when you look at Jared Cook. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough. I mean, that was. Uh, a, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, I look. I I was high on Martellus Bennett. I guess that's the in between there. But uh, yeah, Jimmy Graham experiment. Bad, bad experiment. Especially considering some of the tight end talent um, that was on the board in the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Well, you know, and the, the jury is still out about uh, with Sternberger. I think he really came on at the end of the season, and I do think that they're excited about him. So uh, as, as I touched on, I think that the future is bright there with him. And I think that uh, Tanyan could still be an interesting uh, role player as a backup tight end. But um, but the amount of the amount of energy and time and snaps that they put into Jimmy Graham relative to the production that they got out of him just leaves me with like almost nearly a failing grade. Yeah, I'm giving him a D. Are you in agreement on a D? Agreement. Oh, and also, I mean, a lot of that grade is actually saved by Mercedes Lewis having like a decent Mercedes Lewis season. Totally. I'd welcome him back as an extra guy. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I love Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. And, I, you know, any any credit you're giving, you know, if you're giving credit to a run game as an A, like a guy like Mercedes Lewis is carrying some of that weight. Totally, totally. Um, and speaking of... Um, dishing out credit for the run game. Let's move on to the offensive line. And I, I do always like to give the disclaimer that unless you watch a lot of film regularly or unless you are a liar, you don't know that much about the offensive line. So my very unscientific grade is an A. Um, I think that Billy Turner kind of comes to mind as maybe the weakest link, but the bar for good offensive line play around the league is pretty low. And the Packers, as you just uh, mentioned, Ben, had a lot of success in the run game. Uh, pass blocking is hard to evaluate because Rodgers has a tendency to sort of let plays develop. Um, I'm not really sure there was a loss, though, that I would put squarely on the offensive line. So I'm, I'm going A, again, unscientific, and maybe I'm being generous. But do you ag agree? Um, I'm going to go with a B plus, um, which, you know, it's still pretty good, all yeah. things considered. Any reason in particular why you're uh, you're docking them slightly more than I did? I mean, I guess I, I actually feel like I'm being a hypocrite because I just said if you're going to give the running game an A. Um, yeah, yeah I'll, you know what? I'll give them an A. I think, you know. <laughs> I grilled you. All right. Yeah, actually, when I think about it out loud, it's like a bunch of kind of questionable like i i sort of felt i just remember a bunch of times this season remembering like single snaps and thinking bakhtiari took a step back yes but that doesn't actually mean 
I, I'm not actually sure he did take a step back. I think there were just some some like pretty high profile snap examples of him getting beat off the edge like pretty quickly. Yeah, and a couple penalties that I felt like were uncharacteristic. Yeah, the penalties I thought I thought that I wasn't so concerned about that. Um I mean Elton Elton Jennings was great and I thought Billy Turner was actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite and give credit to tight ends when I should be giving credit to the big uglies. So I'll, yep. I will, I'll actually give it an A. All right, Elton Jenkins, I uh, gonna be unscientific and not prepared, and I don't have stats in front of me, but I don't think he surrendered a sack all year. I think he played basically every snap and didn't give up a sack. Do you think does that sound right? Sounds right. All right, Google break. <laughs> Took over as a starter in week three. During the regular season, didn't allow a sack. One pressure for a quarterback hit. Boom. Finished eighth among all NFL guards in pass block win rate. That's uh, that's pretty much the best you can ask for out of a rookie. Great job. Yep. Very happy to have him. Indeed. Let's move on to the defense. And we will start with the outside linebackers. It's um, hard not to be happy, I think, with the production uh, the Smiths combined for 25.5 sacks and the pass rush was pretty consistently good all year long. Um, there have been years past where you like practically blow a blood vessel waiting for the Packers defense to like pressure the opposing quarterback, you know, just like waiting for it to happen and it just never does. And I think that that was just a big, a total 180 this year uh, i will say that they failed a little bit to set the edge against the run sometimes and uh, so i docked them a bit there uh, but not much i'm gonna go a minus i was very pleased i, I mean I'd, I'd take that production again in a heartbeat yeah even even uh kyler fackerel as like a role player solid yeah old uh old uh old kyler literally old kyler he must be like 28 at this point <laughs> I'm just remembering that uh, I'm laughing and remembering that iTunes review that we got from clearly someone in the Fackrell family who took issue with uh, us harping on him early in his career. Yeah, I respect, you know, I have a lot of respect for the Fackrell family uh, and their and they're going to bat for for their guy on social media. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the defensive line. Uh, I was also pretty pleased with the defensive line. I think that Kenny Clark um, did go quiet there for a stretch in the middle. I, I forget he may have been dealing with an injury, but ultimately he got six sacks. And I don't mean to keep harping on sacks. I know that the, it's like not always a great stat, but they mean a lot for an interior lineman. Sacking the quarterback is not really what you realistically are expected to do there, so it's a bonus. Um, Tyler Lancaster was... Solid in stretches. Um, he had one and a half sacks. He had a forced fumble. Um, my grade's a B. What do you think, Ben? I feel like this is one of those ones where there should almost be like, in, in I, I feel dumb for not realizing this like earlier in this process, but there should be like a grade for... Like interior versus ends? No, like past performance or like the performance of the last season and potential like based moving forward and how good you feel uh, about that group moving forward. Yeah. Well, you made that case for Aaron Rodgers, so perhaps, you know, that stands to reason here as well. Wait, I made the case that Rodgers should be compared to the past? Yes. Well, yeah, but I, well, I just, in this case, I mean, like, for younger players or younger position groups, I think, like, 
you can evaluate what you have, what you had last season and still, you know, like not ding the grade for being, you know, young, I guess. But anyway, I held Rogers to a high standard. I'll hold these guys to a high standard. I'll give them a B. But I think moving forward, I actually feel pretty good about this group. Especially, I, I think uh, Kyle Lowry came on. Right, wait, Kyle? Why am I? No, Dean Lowry. Dean Lowry. Not, not, the, not the basketball player. <laughs> You've done that before on this show, on these very yeah. airwaves. <laughs> it's late. I'm tired. Working man. All right, let's move on to the inside linebackers. But I think that the Blake Martinez love affair ended in 2019. I think that he's a. I uh, feel like people were still kind of on the, the love affair thing with him for a while. Yeah, like midseason. I feel like yeah. Um, if we're using sort of uh, Packers Twitter as a gauge, I feel like the crowd was pretty split. Um, there were people who uh, were very, very vehemently pro Martinez, and then there were uh, those of us who were who were not. I'm including myself in that because I think that he's a pretty okay inside linebacker, but. It it feels like the story of my life as a Packers fan um, is that the best that we can hope for at inside linebacker is pretty okay. <laughs> and like no matter who the GM is or who the coach is, this team feels like allergic to the idea of a difference maker at inside linebacker. Whether or not you agree with the, the strategy of that approach, I mean, there's just no denying that the run defense got exposed this year and it cost them big. Um, so it's not the only deficiency on the team, but it is a weak spot. And uh, my grade there is a D. Am I am I being too harsh? No, I was I was about to give a D myself. I thought I was going to be too harsh, yeah. but I mean the other part of this is that, um, in probably my worst kind of analysis projection in terms of how the actual season went, um, when Raven Green went down, I think I said that that was like weirdly the most important position on the defense, or yeah. like the toughest to replace. Um, not that he was the best player by any means. And I think that was true. And I think that Oren Burke's like not coming on really at all. Um, Raven Green getting hurt, Ibrahim Campbell being, you know, hit and miss. Um, yeah, I think that, um, Blake Martinez, I've never thought is, is, you know, he's, he's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I have trouble imagining that he couldn't be replaced fairly ef- effectively with Antonio Morrison or whoever. Like, it, it, he's better than Antonio Morrison, but yes, yeah. I I don't understand why. I don't. I don't think there's anything yeah. special there. So yeah, I go with a D, and I think that I agree that also in most of the cases where the Packers D collapsed, it was due to uh, pretty ineffective inside linebackers. Yeah. You mentioned Ibrahim uh, Campbell there, who's actually a safety. Let's move on to the... I think no, I know. But I mean, like, he played the... I mean, Raven Green's a safety. They're, like, if we're judging if we're judging inside linebackers, I think, like, that kind of dollar backer yeah, safety yeah. spot is also in consideration. Otherwise, you're really just considering uh, Blake Martinez as a personal right. grade, right? <laughs> just, like, just him, yeah. No, I'm just trying to set up the next group who are the safeties. So, as you know, it's a little... Uh, it's a seg, a segue, as they call it in the biz in the yeah. business. So let's move on to the safeties. Um, Adrian Amos was a great signing. I thought that mm-hmm. he turned out to be exactly what they thought that they were getting. Not a flashy playmaker, but like a very solid assignment. Sure. 
guy. And let's be honest, that's a breath of fresh air for this position group um, over the last yep. few years. Uh, add to that mix, Darnell Savage coming in and playing so solid as a rookie um, relative to expectations. And uh, I have to go B, uh, partly uh, because with guys like Raven Green and Ibrahim Campbell, Ben, as you mentioned, mostly out of the mix all year, Amos and Savage were kind of asked to shoulder that big load. And I think that those guys deserve a big kudos. So uh, I'm, I'm going B. I agree with the B. Yeah. I'm sorry. I keep trying to make it interesting, but <laughs> man's got a grade. What a man's got a grade. I'm just, uh, I'm just so right all the time. It's so hard to disagree, yeah. and I just cover all the bases, and you know, I'm just making it easy for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's not. It's. I would say that um, Darnell's the most exciting. I mean, no, Darnell and Kevin King are the most exciting players to like look forward to on the defense. And Kevin King, really. Sorry, not Kevin King, uh, Jerry Alexander. <laughs> All right, there we go. I was not going to let that one slide. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on then to the um, to the cornerbacks. Um, Jair Alexander was mostly really, really good. Uh, a few lapses, but mostly really, really good. And um, Kevin Kevin King, uh, as you just slipped up there, Ben was I think less consistently good, but also made some plays. Had a forced fumble. Yeah, had some serious moments. Tremont Williams honestly had like no business being as reliable as he was. Um, I thought Tremont, like for what he was, was great. Yeah, he didn't blow me out of the water, but for a guy his age, I mean, especially towards the beginning of the season, I just remember a couple plays where his like intelligence and savvy really like showing through, and it yeah. wasn't, you know, kind of saved the defense's ass uh, yeah. just by being able to read and read and react as well as he can. Um, you know, I, I think. There's going to be times where his, you know, whatever, however old he is, 34, 36 year old body is going to be going to demonstrate its limitations. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I'm going to go first so you don't just steal whatever my grade is. Um, <laughs> there you go. That's the hack. I mean, I, I, I think it's a B minus, which sounds like I'm being harsh, but uh, I feel like that's actually a pretty decent grade for those players. I just, I just want to see more consistency out of King as yeah, a lot of that grade. Yeah. I was going to go B minus too. So you have stolen my thunder. And I guess also, I mean, we're missing Shandon Sullivan in there who I think is, is could join a, a long line of undrafted, you know, unheralded Packer cornerbacks yeah. in training. A so. promising player. And I, I think that the future is bright for the, the position group. You mentioned Tremont Williams age uh he was 36 last year so if they have him back this year it will be his age 37 season you want him back it's kind of a compared to what situation yeah i mean like I, I think i think he could be uh do so you want him back as a uh assistant position coach how about that <laughs> as a pl no as a player coach you know like uh like i do i do think that his his savvy and his uh intelligence is a, is an asset to the yeah, defense totally. um it just has to an experience you run into that question of, of when does that when is that a liability um but i also think that the other thing is that you know if you need someone who can go in quick and cover an injury even if it's just for a series like you want it to be the guy who's smart not necessarily the guy who's uh you know fast and young and and not not with it yet yeah so. yeah if right. if you if you have a deep enough bench that you can keep him off the field most of the time, then I think it's it's I'm happy to keep him around. Yeah. 
All right, last position group. We really breezed through this. Um, special teams. Uh, my special teams grade is a C, and I guess that that's a composite uh, for the specialists, Crosby and Scott, who I I, I feel like they had B seasons. Um, and then the rest of the unit, who, Ben, as you so eloquently pointed out in our last episode, never had me thinking like a big special teams play was ever about to go down. Um, were it not for... Swerve and Irvin coming in and being like a competent returner. This was primed to be a historically bad return unit. So I gave them a D. And then so the overall composite grade is uh, is a C. What do you think about that? You were the one who talked me into an F for uh, special teams coordinator Sean Slocum two weeks ago. Or not, uh, sorry, uh, Sean, Sean Menenga. <laughs> Sean Slocum. So I kind of want to go C minus. Um... Just because I think that J.K. Scott was, eh, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to see more out of everybody. Yeah, and I, I it's hard for me to. I, I can't like. I feel in my head. I'm like I remember some good J.K. Scott punts, and I can't remember if the coverage was bad or what. But I know that like in a comparative statistical sense, J.K. Scott didn't actually have a very good season. Right. I think he was around like 24th, 25th. Right. He did have a couple shanks too. They were there. The tapes oh, he out had there. a c- critical shank at a critical moment. Granted, he was, you know, had Coronavirus, the flu. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll 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 keep it on a C minus. Um, but I I'll blame a lot of that on coaching. All right. So you go C minus. That's all of the position groups. Let's let's review really quickly, and then we'll put them all into the Computron five thousand here. Um, quarterbacks are composite grade. We're going B minus the running back fullback unanimous a wide receiver. We are going with a D maybe I was harsh with the F. I feel like a D is fair, uh, tight end. We're going D. And again, if we could give a grade of a sigh, we would do that. Offensive line is an a, uh, outside linebacker. We are going a minus defensive line B. Inside linebackers, D, sorry, Blake, safety, B, cornerback, B minus, and uh, special teams, we're going C minus. So we will now put that into our magic machine and try to come up with a composite grade. And we're pressing some buttons, we're pulling some levers, chains are rattling. Ghosts are moaning. Smoke is billowing out. And oh, there's the grade. B minus. It wasn't quite a B. B was the uh, was the coach and GM grade. We're going B minus. I feel like that. Don't you feel like Ben? They they should be. They should equal. The the coaches and the GM grade should be similar to the player grade. Um, if you're being fair, or do you not think that that is? Do you ever think it's it's would wildly swing one way or the other? No, I mean, I don't think it wildly swings to have like a minor, a minor uh, discrepancy. And I think actually, if you think about it, right, like wasn't the argument for the coaching being so good most of the season that they were wildly overperforming the talent on the roster? I mean, yeah. I don't think it's that weird to say that the coaching was better than the the players necessarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and only by you know whatever it is, a half a grade. Like this was not a special roster. Yeah. Uh, it had it had some good groups, I'd say, but this was not. I I would maybe say this was the worst Packers team in recent memory mm. from a personnel perspective. Yeah. 
So maybe, uh, maybe even a at least C. on offense. I mean, f- on offense for sure. You think um, maybe it's like a C or C minus roster that is outperforming? No, it's- no, no. I mean, I actually think I think a B B minus is like a pretty good that's grade fair. for yeah. this roster. I mean, it just has some critical weaknesses. Um, you know, wasted wasted space at tight end, inside linebacker, um, a near, thin wide receiver bench. Um, yeah. Which, when all is said and done, I mean, those are those are not the those are those are good positions to have weak links at, but you will also get exposed. Yeah, I agree. All right, so B minus is the grade. Um, you got any uh, parting words here before we we get out of the way? Are you planning a trip to West Palm Beach, Florida, anytime soon? Got any off season plans? <laughs> no, I'm not going to West Palm Beach. Um, off season plans. I'm just working, working, yeah. working, working. It's funny, uh, again, bad audio because I'm going to describe the video chat, but your cat keeps walking behind you and it's just a tail at the bottom of the camera. It's very, very adorable. He's a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> With that, we are going to hit the polka. That is going to do it for us today. If you like what you hear and you want to support us, please head over to the Apple Podcast Store, subscribe, tap that five-star review button as well. And I think we can officially say that we are done looking back. 2019 is in the books, and uh, we are on to greener and golder pastures. So keep it locked in here at the APC podcast all offseason long for continued Packers talk and other tomfoolery. For example, and Ben, I haven't told you this yet, but Tex Western is going to be in Albuquerque soon on a work trip. And uh, so you better believe we're going to get him in person for a pod. So that should be fun. Uh, free agency, the draft, all the moving parts of the offseason. We're going to be here for you guys the whole way. We are on Twitter at the APC pod, at Zach Rapport, at Ben Foldy, and uh, follow Alex at Alex Patakis and send him lewd tweets while he relaxes on the beach with an alcoholic beverage in hand. That's it. That's the show. <laughs> guys, see you next time. Go Pack Go. <laughs>